Welcome to Adulting, the podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to Adulting Live. How are you doing today, everybody? We have Ty and Talat McNeely today, and we're going to talk a little bit about resolving differences as a couple. Miranda, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm sitting in <laughs> sitting in the house of my ex-husband's parents on our wedding anniversary <laughs> doing the show. So, hashtag winning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ty and Talat, how have your holidays been? I'm not sure if I think it's getting through here. It's been great. Yeah, yeah great. We had the family over um, to our house mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas, and yeah, it was great. A lot we of cleaning the, up, but a lot of We were the too. place to be this, yeah. this year, so it was an adventure, but it was all worth it. Good times. Fantastic. So why don't we get started? Uh, this is... This is a very couples-focused uh, episode, so I would love to hear your story in terms of how you met and how you became a couple. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we first met in high school, freshman year in high school. We were in the same gym class, and that's where we first met, and uh, we remained friends all throughout high school, and it was toward the end of high school, our senior year, is when we uh, became boyfriend and girlfriend, and that's when the, the love started, and Unfortunately, I had also enlisted into the military, so I had to leave the state. And over the course of time, you know, things kind of fell apart. And then we rekindled, and probably what 2003 is when we kind of rekindled our uh, love for each other, and we started dating again. And uh, 2006, we got married, so we've been married for 10 years now. Three wonderful children. It's been awesome. But, you know, at the point of us getting married, the kind of the basis for our platform and our story is that we were polar opposites when it came to finances. At that point, I had made a bunch of mistakes with my money, incurred a bunch of debt, just really didn't have a good idea of how to use money wisely. And so I had uh, quite a hole for myself. And then Ty, on the other hand, was quite the opposite. Absolutely, I was. <laughs> um, I didn't have any debt whatsoever. I was what I would call great. I did great with money. And so I thought marrying talent, my life wouldn't change. But I had no idea that I was going to inherit over $30,000 of debt upon marrying him. But he failed to tell me how much debt he really was in. Oops. And I didn't find out the truth, the real truth, until about three months uh, prior to getting married. And so that was uh, a big deal. Uh, We went through a lot of going back and forth. I was like, okay, should I marry this man? I was afraid. I didn't know. You know, I had a lot of questions. I didn't know. But I was able to step back from the entire situation. And I saw that, wow, Tyler was actually trying to get out of debt. He was trying to get out of debt before we got married, but he couldn't finish it all. And so I saw, okay, this was somebody that did not like debt. He didn't want to stay uh, the same way that he was. And he wanted to make change. And so... I was able to work with him with that. And then we did get married. Yeah. And we had learned a lot of lessons along the way. You know, I'm the natural spender. She's a natural mm-hmm. saver. And so that dichotomy and yeah. us trying to figure out how to be husband and wife, trying to figure out how to manage money. You know, those are two tough mm-hmm. topics on their own. And then when you put them together, whew, it could be it could be hectic. And we learned a lot. And as a result of all the lessons that we learned along the way, 
Thus, we created his and her money to help other people kind of lower that learning curve and um, not have to experience some of the uh, ups and downs that we went through and maybe make a smoother path for them on their journeys. What was it like for you when you weren't on the same page or when you were not being totally forthcoming with the financial situation? Were, was there added stress? Uh, did you feel that it was going to create an issue for you? Uh, what, what was that feeling like? Oh. Yeah, it was it was super high level of stress. Yeah. It was the it was the reason the reason it was so stressful was my mentality, which was a false mentality, but it was my mentality at the time. I felt that, OK, I'm at the place where I'm trying to do better with my finance. I'm trying to learn. I'm reading books. I'm trying these new strategies and things like that. But I still have the result of my past decision in the form of over thirty thousand dollars worth of debt. And now I'm about to marry somebody who has perfect credit, who's debt free, who has a finance degree, who works for one of the premier finance institutions in the world. How am I going to tell her that I got all this debt? Let's not forget, I paid off my car in 13 months at the age of 19 years old. So, yeah. So, I mean, I was like this financial rock star, Mm -hmm. superstar. Um, in his eyes. So and yeah, I was a financial failure. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, man, I can't tell her about this. She'll leave. She'll go the other way. She wouldn't want to marry mm-hmm. somebody like me. So I tried to take on two and three extra jobs, trying to uh, get rid of the debt prior to getting married so that she would never know about it so that we wouldn't have this burden to start our marriage off with. And the problem was you can't build something great on the foundation of a lie. Right. And so everything I tried didn't work because you just can't you just can't build something great that way. And so it got to the point where I realized this this just isn't going to work. I'm, I have no other choice, no other alternative. I have to tell her the truth and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got to that point. But it was it was, it was tough. crazy stressful trying to hide the mistakes of my past, you know, because you don't want to lie to somebody that you love. You know what I mean? But you trick yourself into thinking that you're doing this because you do love them. And really, anytime you're fostering a lie, you're not, you're not being a good example of what love is. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a part of it was, was probably a great deal of embarrassment. We like to put our best foot forward. We like to show our partners that we're like worthy of them or, or whatever. And, and we want to show them that we're capable people as well. And so it is hard because you do want to kind of put that forward and say, Hey, <laughs> I really do deserve you. I promise. Yeah. No, very, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't. Absolutely. <laughs> so, no, very, yeah. very good point. I think embarrassment did keep him from telling me the truth. He was embarrassed. He was afraid. He thought he was going to lose me, but actually I did the opposite. I actually embraced him because I saw that he was trying to improve. I saw that he didn't want to stay the same way that he was. So to me, that was attractive. And I was able to work with him. And then I, I then began to say, you know what, this will now become our debt. Once we got married, it was no longer his debt. It became our debt. Well, I just had, I think I just had that a question. Shame <laughs> is one of the most um, strongest emotions out there. You know, like when you feel shame yeah. about something, you will almost go to any mm-hmm. lengths to not feel the shame. And it's such a powerful emotion. And I think that it, it helps you to make bad decisions. And I think people have to recognize that that shame isn't, is a very, I think, I think it's more lethal and dangerous than mm-hmm. people realize because you may start to cover up at this level, but then the shame gets so strong that your cover up, you got to add layers to it and layers to it and layers to it. 
and 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 you look up and you're not even the person who you who you you thought you were because you've been covering up so much because of trying to avoid shame. So it's something that yeah. that that people have to recognize as something being very very dangerous and something that you should address, you know, sooner than later. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I do have a question. Somebody did send send me a question and they kind of looked at this and and Ty kind of address this a little bit, but they said, how did you bill, view paying the bills? Does Do you each pay off your own personal bills or do you make it hours and then knock it out together? And I think you kind of addressed that a little bit, Ty, when you said it became our debt. So, so you guys kind of tackled it together. You kind of did the big pot thing and just said, okay, now we're going to do it all together. Yeah, no, absolutely. When we uh, stood before our pastor, our family and friends and, and God, and we vowed to become one to each other. Everything became one. We didn't do anything separate in our marriage and we still don't to this very day. I mean, even down to the bank account. So I looked at his debt and now became our debt. Our income was now our income. It wasn't his salary and my salary. It became ours. And so we came up with a game plan um, the first year of our marriage in order to knock out this debt. But along the way, we also educated ourselves um, on how to be better with money, how to become better with money. Um, we would read together. We would um, send each other emails of different articles that we would read online. And um, we would come home and discuss it. We would watch certain financial television shows and things like that, know how to grow better together in our finances. It wasn't easy our first year in marriage because we were also trying to figure out how to budget and um, who was going to handle actually physically writing the bills out to pay them and things like that. But we overall, we overcame it. And I think, too, part of that, I would actually like to ask a little bit, too, how you felt about this tie. Because I, I, mm -hmm. I think that there would be some bitterness happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that I would have to, like, overcome a little bit and, and be like, oh, my gosh, really? <laughs> for realsies <laughs> that this really happened and and so like how do you do that as well and, and how do you be that safe place where your partner can then come to you and be like hey i have all this debt and know that you aren't going to like just destroy your partner like emotionally and yeah. and make them feel terrible and but it, I, and then also that bitterness thing because i i really do think that it's hard hard to have that in your heart when you know that somebody's coming to you and being like, Hey, now you have $30,000 yeah. of debt too. So, yeah. I mean, how do you, how do you handle that? You know what? I think the reason why I did not deal with any bitterness was because we had a plan and we were moving forward. I think it would have been easier for me to have bitterness or harbor bitterness. If we didn't know how we were going to pay our bills, how we were going to pay our mortgage, if we had children, mouths to feed and things like that. But that type of stress, we didn't have that our first year of marriage. Um, it was just us. We both were working full time. So we made enough money to pay the bills as well as come up with a debt plan. As a matter of fact, we adopted the principle of we went against the two income uh, traps. So we were able to use one of our salaries to pay all the bills and the other salary we were able to use to still, you know, invest in our 401ks or our IRAs and um, get into real estate and things like that. So I think that was probably the reason why I didn't harbor any bitterness because we were still able to achieve some of our financial goals and dreams. And I think that another big reason was that I was doing what I said I would do. Yeah. I wasn't it's talking true. a big game and then doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. I was getting I rid of it. bad habits that I had. It wasn't overnight, yeah. but I was putting in the effort. I think that if, if I would have maintained the same 
habits that got us into the yeah, mess, I sure. think that would have been an easy way for the the bitterness to set in. But the fact that I was willing, you know, gradually willing to get rid of this, get rid of that habit and do this instead and, mm -hmm. and sacrifice this and come together on that. I think that that helped with the process. Oh, it helped a lot. It absolutely did. It also helped because you were able to um, also listen to to see um, what it is that I thought and how I thought that we should handle our finances. He kind of looked to me sort of for the answers because he felt like I was this financial rock star because I saw that he was receptive of what I was saying and actually applying it. It, it did. It made I, it a whole lot. I, I think that, you know, this is adulting, right? right? And so we have to, as men, sometimes we have to learn how to kind of not have those childlike temper tantrums and to yeah. get pride out of the way. Mm -hmm. I was able to recognize that she was, she was, she had it figured out when it came to finances. So it would have been childish for me to say, I'm the man. Mm -hmm. I run this. I'll figure this out. Don't worry about it. I'll figure this out. But instead, I had enough sense to say, you seem to know what you're doing. So help me understand this. Help me figure out what I'm doing wrong so that we can get to a better place. And I think that as adults, we have to be able to, to make decisions like that. I mean, that goes from, from men and women. Sometimes pride gets in the way and we end up being stuck in the same cycles that we've been stuck in. Because on one, on one hand, we're saying we want different, we want change. Yeah. But on the other hand, we're not willing to do the work that we're not willing to change the work that we're doing, change the the habits that we have in order to achieve the the different results that we're saying that we want to achieve. It sounds like you have both been on the same page uh, since the very beginning. You have them in that first year. You both have goals set in you know set in your mind, and you're both working together. Has there during that first year, that first habits of figuring things out? Was there any moment where you felt like you weren't on the same page and you did have a disagreement and you had to come to some kind of conclusion together? Big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as Talent mentioned, because he saw that I was the one that was handling money the right way, he came up with a bright idea and I thought it was a great idea at the time. You know what, Ty, since you're the one that uh, is better at money, why don't you just handle all the finances? And so I was actually excited to do that. But as we started to get further and further into our marriage, go further and further into our marriage, I became a little resentful, uh, Miranda, uh, because I saw he was not helping whatsoever. I was the one creating the budget. I was the one handing out the money for the cash envelopes. And all I heard from him was complaints because he's like, look, I work a lot. And all you're handing me is this amount of money. And this is all I have to spend for the entire month. And I'm like, hey, we're trying to get ourselves out of, out of a hole here. So I felt like he was taking me for granted. And he felt like I was treating him like a child, like it was a mother and child relationship. So that was, oh my gosh, that was awful. Yeah, that right? was that was a, that huge, was a huge mistake, mistake that we were making. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's a mistake that we still see people yeah. that we counsel make is that one person is doing all the work and the other person is just kind of sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing. And I and the and, and the reason the resentment grew in both of us was she was feeling like all the work and effort that she was putting into putting this plan together and positioning us to get out of debt was going unappreciated by me. And the reason it was going unappreciated by me was because I didn't have all the information mm -hmm. because I didn't involve myself in the process. All the information I had was, okay, I know I make this much and you're handing me this much and this don't quite match up to me. And so that made me feel frustrated. It made me feel like I was back home with my parents getting an allowance a weekly allowance mm -hmm. for doing chores, you know, 
And the problem was we were not operating as a team. And in marriage and in relationships, if you're going to do anything together and do it well, you got to learn how to operate as a team. And some people hear the word teamwork and they automatically think, yeah, that's right. They got to do half and I'll do my half and we'll be all right. Well, a lot of times 50-50 is not always going to be the answer. That's not always the definition of what a team is. And we like to give the analogy of the Chicago Bulls of the 90s. Everybody knows about Michael Jordan. He was the man. But if I said the name B.J. Armstrong, a lot of people would have the deer in the headlights look like, who in the world is B.J. Armstrong? Well, for a lot of those championship runs, B.J. Armstrong was the point guard and Michael Jordan was the, the two guard. And they both had a part to play. It wasn't half and half. Like other teams weren't game planning for B.J. Armstrong the same way they were planning for Michael Jordan. But they had to account for B.J. Armstrong because he was good at his job as being the point guard, as being the general on the floor. And the reason they became champions is because both individuals did their jobs. They didn't try to do the other person's job, but they both did their jobs and they did their jobs well. And because they did their jobs well, they were able to become champions. So when you're trying to get your finances in order as a couple, it doesn't mean that they're going to do half the work. You're going to do half the work. You still the, the, the key to being a champion in anything is, when there's a team involved is playing toward your strengths. And so Ty's strengths is the numbers and organization and all that. But that doesn't mean I'm just sitting on the sidelines, waving the towel and cheerleading. No, she, she sets the budget up. She lines it up. And then we sit and we talk about it. I'll look at it. I say, well, what, what's up with this? Or maybe we should lessen this and increase that. And then together we come up with the final budget. So it's going to be sometimes 60-40 or 70-30. It won't always be 50-50, but both parties have to be playing in the game if you're going to win. Did you have other problems? Did that kind of spill over into like other areas of your relationship? I mean, did you have other problems in your relationship that you kind of needed to resolve together? Not just money, but I mean, when kids come along, now you have like different parenting styles you have to resolve. Mm -hmm. Or if you decide you're going to move, you have to, I mean, how, how do you, how do you translate that from like just working on money and trying to resolve those differences to like resolving other differences in your relationship? Yeah. I think one of the issues that we had was communication. That's what I would say over parenting. I think we both do a great job at kind of coming together and, you know, he has his own parenting style. I have my own, but we both respect each other. But it was a communication part that it affected the most uh, because we were walking around our house not speaking to each other. We were holding internal, you know, uh, resentment and our emotions were festering inside opposed to us effectively communicating, saying, mm -hmm. hey, Let's sit down. Let's go over this. Um, so I would probably say that was a big. Yeah, thing. I think that that crosses all like topics in a marriage, right? Does, yeah. Communicating about this, that or the other. We have to figure that out because, you know, quite frankly, our backgrounds. I'm an only child. She's a twin, you know, so she talks to her twin about everything. And I talk to myself about everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and so we didn't have we don't have the same communication styles in that way. She right. comes from a family. Uh, there's five kids, you know what I mean? And they're they're all loud. And if you were loud in my house, you know, that meant that somebody was mad. Somebody was upset. Rarely did voices become elevated. So she she's having a conversation and her voice becomes elevated, although she's not upset. But to me, I'm like, yo, who are you yelling at? You know what I mean? And so we had to kind of figure out our styles and figure out that just because her yeah. voice is elevated, it doesn't mean she's upset. Like we we just had to learn. We, we had to learn how to communicate effectively because 
it wasn't just affecting the finances. It was affecting every area of the marriage. And so that was a big, big time thing that we had to navigate through and, um, you know, just practice getting better at. There's no really no magic pill to it. You just both got to be intentional about wanting to get better at it. Mm -hmm. So what does intentional practice look like in terms of communication? Looking up strategies, whether that's reading a book, whether that's being proactive and going to um, marriage conferences. I mean, we did all of the above because we wanted our we wanted to have a great marriage. And if you want again, I I keep bringing up that word great. If you want to be great at anything, you need to find out what those that are doing it well have done. And so we would seek out advice, counsel, whether that's via the Web or that's via, you know, books, conferences. We we still do that. we, We were intentional about proactively trying to make our marriage better. I think far too often we think that things are just going to happen over time. Like we will just figure this out, you know what I mean? As we go. And quite frankly, a lot of times you, you end up in divorce court because you never were able to figure that out. And you know, that's not always the reason people end up in divorce, but uh, I think that the, when we say intentionality behind what we do, we knew that we wanted our marriage to last. We knew we, we wanted it to be great. And we knew we didn't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we put pride to the side to try and seek out those answers through various formats. And when we would get the information, we would try to apply because applied knowledge is the game changer, not just knowledge, but taking what you learn and putting it into practice. Now, did everything work? No, but we kept trying. We didn't give up. We said, okay, let's try this. You know, maybe maybe we should do this. And, you know, just kept going and kept going and kept going. And some things have stuck. Some things didn't. But we're still, even to this day, 10 years in, going on 11 years, we're still trying to get better. We're still intentional about uh, hearing each other and uh, asking each other, you know, how, how am I doing? You know, uh, what can we do better? Like, that doesn't stop. I think one of the the things that that you mentioned a little bit earlier um Talat, was you you t- you said you you had to remember that when she's talking loud it doesn't mean she's mad and she's yelling and so I like this idea of saying okay let's take a step back and stop making it about me all the time and I think a lot of the time when we're in relationships and we're having these these serious relationships with life partners a lot of the time we are making it about us and instead of taking a step back and saying wait a minute you know and it's not even just whether okay their their style of speaking or whatever sometimes it's taking a step back and saying okay so they're in a bad mood are they really actually mad at me or did they have a bad day at work or is you know there's something else going on and so i think a lot of the time Mm -hmm. stepping back and saying okay it's not really about me let's figure this out together makes a lot of sense for real i think that I think that healthy mar- or marriages that that have the potential, the staying power potential, they they have a mentality of servanthood. One wanting to serve the other. Now, some people hear that word servant or serve or submission, and it's almost like you know profanity. You know what I mean? Because we've created this this negative connotation to the word. When you know in in the book of Genesis, it says that you know it's, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Why is that? Because he needs help. And so as men, we have to realize that we need help. And if we are resistant towards that help and if we don't um, nurture our help, if we don't appreciate our help, we'll end up being alone. 
in that place where God said it's not good to be. And so you have to have that mentality of service. It's not always easy because, again, you're human and they're human. So that means you're imperfect and they're imperfect. So you're not always going to do things well. But again, if you can, like you said, reflect, step back sometimes and say, man, what can I do better? Yeah, I, you know, I, I wish things were better in this way. But what's my part in that? How can I change the temperature in my home and then maybe this result will come but even if it doesn't how can i be better how can i be a better husband how can i be a better wife i think if you start there mm -hmm. you 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 have a much better chance of getting to the, the place that you want to be at what point do you think it helps to bring in somebody from the outside either a professional or seek out uh, a mentor that you can talk to and and get some ideas what what, what point of the uh, conflict, we want to reach out and do that. Well, we we always recommend prior to getting married for sure, and that's what we did. We sat down with our pastor. We had premarital counseling. But in the event that you're married and you see that you are having issues, and maybe what you're trying is not working, then you definitely do need to get a third party involved. Um, we also are big advocates of being proactive. Proactive. We don't see anything wrong with anyone. As a matter of fact, we know people personally that sit down with counselors and nothing's going on nothing's wrong whatsoever it's they're not trying like to prevent it right they're trying <laughs> to prevent it and so that's something that talent and i we do in our marriage we seek out uh mentors people that we can sit down and glean from and talk and we talk about our marriage he has also uh people that he can speak to separately i have people that i can speak to separately we have people that we can speak to jointly uh but definitely being proactive i would say yeah mentor. i don't think you should wait till yeah till the issue arises but if the issue arises <clears throat> i wouldn't wait till I the wait issue till gets worse yeah I think it's always better to like when, when you first hear that screeching your brakes, you might want to, you know, get that looked at right now instead mm -hmm. of waiting till, you know, it's too late. So I think it's I think sooner is better. And I don't think you have to wait, like Ty said, till a problem mm -hmm. is there. You should always if you want to be good at anything, you should always be looking for examples. Right. You should always be striving to get better at whatever it is you're trying to do. And so your marriage is no different. You should you should be looking right now. I don't care what state you're in in your relationship. You should be looking right now, mm -hmm. for examples, or somebody trustworthy that you can confide into, whether that's somebody at your place of worship, whether that's somebody from uh, the counseling field. Maybe your job has, you know, through your uh, insurance where you all can go through some type of counseling. Don't try and do this alone because you don't have to. You yeah. don't have to. Yeah, and that's something... For sure, definitely. A lot of people don't realize that their employer may very well offer that service for free. A lot of people are walking around with that coverage and don't even realize that they can get counseling for free. But counseling um, can also go beyond just speaking to someone personally. It can go, you know, reading a book. We have people um, write into our show, our Sunday night sit down over on YouTube, and they say every single Sunday we sit down together. I sit down with my husband and we watch you guys and then we have a conversation afterwards. That's an easier way to kind of bring up certain topics without you having to bring it's, it up to your less spouse. Invasive. Yeah, like it's less invasive. Technology is a game changer. You can have you can have men mentors, and they don't even know that they're mentoring, mentoring. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as long as you're being proactive, like Ty said, I think you're 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 in a better place mm -hmm. to win if you're doing it that way instead of being in a reactive mode. Yeah, and, and I can kind of see how it might have been useful. Um, I know that like. A couple years before my divorce, you know, we were kind of having some issues and I was like, maybe we should get some marriage counseling. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we don't have time for that. And then a couple years later, when 
my ex did ask for the divorce, I was like, well, maybe we should do some marriage counseling first. Like, no. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, um, but, it, it goes towards, you know, what, what you're saying is it's better to do it sooner than later because you have to make it a priority. Yeah. Because yeah. If, if if things fall apart, you're going to look back and say, you know, what could I have done or what did I do or what did I not do? It's better to at least have tried. You know what I mean? Like, I think you might have a little, you know, it, it might be an easier transition if you tried everything that you could try and things and things didn't work out. You know, as opposed to things not working out and you're wondering, like, man, what if we would have tried this? Maybe things would have worked out. So I just think it's. You know, it's in anything, you know, one of the one of our favorite books is the seven habits of highly effective people by by Dr. Stephen Covey. And habit number one is be proactive. And that's something that you should apply to every everything that you do, in, in, in my opinion, in life, mm -hmm. in your finances, in your marriage in in um, your career, in your education, like be proactive, like don't wait to try and figure it out, you know, at at the breaking point or at the the critical mass point try and, and do things ahead of time to get you where you want to be. Yeah. And you know, and I think Miranda, you bring up a very realistic situation. There are times in marriages that one person may be ready, uh, you know, to get counseling and the other one just is going to be stubborn and they just don't want it. Yeah. Maybe they want out. In that case, I would definitely say then turn to yourself. How can you better yourself? Because you know what? You can't change somebody else. No. And so, oh no, you know, and so that's something that in the beginning of our marriage, I did. Once I found out that Talit was keeping back uh, some financial, you know, the $30,000 of debt from me, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. And then I start to look at myself and say, okay, what is it about me that was prohibiting him from mm -hmm. coming to me? You know, I start to say, okay, well, maybe I had some character issues that I needed to work on. So I started to kind of soul search within myself and, and try to see how I can become better. And that came through listening to certain sermons and reading certain books and things like that. But I started to grow spiritually, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, and start to work on myself. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. And I liked what you were saying earlier too, about doing the, the counseling before there's a problem and, and being very proactive about it. And one of the things that I discovered through uh, my own process here was that counseling was very helpful. And even though I feel like I'm in a good place now, I still, I actually do it. I love how you mentioned technology. My counselor, I do it over Skype. <laughs> so, great. I can, you know, lay down on my own bed and <laughs> set the computer off to the side and do a counseling session. But, you know, it, it's still something I find valuable every every month, right? To, to sit down and kind of check in with somebody who's kind of on the outside and somebody who doesn't have like this huge vested interest in what my life is <laughs> and just somebody who's a true outside uh, voice where I can just talk about things and work through things and, and, you know, get help. And it's been very valuable. And, and, you know, so I was thinking about it and I was like, geez, and I was talking to another friend of mine and he was like, yeah, I see, I still see somebody twice a month. He's like, I don't have any major problems, but I just find that, you know, having, that place to go and having that counseling, it helps me head off problems. And if I start moving in a direction that might put my personal life or my marriage or something else in jeopardy, like this outside person can see it coming. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and say, hey, wait a minute, we're, we're backsliding a little bit. Oh, hey, you, you seem to have this issue that might spill over into your marriage. Have you talked to your wife about it? And so it was just kind of interesting when I was having this discussion with him about counseling. And I love that you guys talk about, you know, be proactive, get out there and, and have these things in place before it, you know, before your partnership goes bad. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's, I think it's a, it's a habit that you must develop. You must develop. And I, I've, since I read that book a few years back, uh, about three, four years ago, I've been implementing that in various areas of my life. And it, it does help you to be a much more productive person. It helps you to, it brings down stress because you're not always ducking and dodging and turning and trying to avoid this and reacting to this. You, you're able to plan it. I mean, you, life happens, right? You can't just plan and map out everything. But if you are proactive in, in fighting off things in your marriage, again, you stand a much better chance of having long-term success as opposed to being reactive. Here's the problem. Okay, now what are we going to do? Now, try and take some proactive, you know, simple things like budgeting your money. That's a proactive measure instead of yeah. letting your income hit the bank account. And you just trying to go through the month willy nilly trying to figure it out as you go. Again, you're increasing your stress when you are in reactive mode. You know, that's just a small example. But when you apply proactive measures into your life, you are giving yourself a much better chance of success. You are both you're you're a married couple, but you're also a business couple. You operate your business together. Are there any conflicts that arise due to that that are different than, say, a relationship related conflict? I think they're the same, but I think they just have different, you know, vibes to them. So, again, if you don't communicate properly, if you don't clearly identify roles uh, in the business, just in the same way, yeah. you know, with handling your finances in your marriage, you're going to have resentment build up. You're going to have frustration build up. So it was important to say, okay, this is this is what I'll do. You know, I'll do this X, Y, and Z. You handle X, Y, and Z, and this is how we make it work. Number two is you have to, and and I think this applies to both in marriage, in business. Don't be afraid of the pivot. Don't be afraid to make adjustments. Don't just come into it and say. Okay, this is what we're going to do and we'll never change anything like a lot of the best parts of our business came about an adjustment or came about from a pivot. You know, we set out to do this, but we figured that, you know, this is this is actually a better way of doing it. And same thing in your in your household finances when you try something for the first time, like maybe you're sitting down and you're figuring out your budget or you're coming up with a debt payoff plan and you're in it. And you've been doing it for a while with marginal success, but then you receive a strategy that may take you to the next level. Like, don't be afraid to say, OK, let's let's give this a shot. And I think that, you know, that applies in both scenarios as well. So I think you can have the same when you when you're dealing with a married couple that's also in business together. I think that the issues can be the same, but they just kind of take on different shapes or wear different clothes, so to speak. But they're just at the root of it. They're the same. I'd love to hear a story of an, an important pivot that you guys had to encounter and deal with in your business or or as a couple. Wow, I think one that first popped in my mind was our show, our podcast. So we had no desire to do a podcast. We were just going to do the YouTube and, you know, the written content. I can't just in my Twitter feed came across an article uh podcast tutorial you you can have your podcast set up in half a day i'm like for real like because in my mind a podcast is like this big you know land wizard of oz type thing i'm like i don't know how to you know do that and so 
I read through it and I started to watch the videos. I'm like, I think we think we can do this like what do you think about doing a podcast and and i look at him like that's on you because i'm not the like tech savvy type person so and so we 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 went for it yeah. and you know when top 50 on itunes consistently as a result and even you know another layer to that with our show in our mind we had a certain way that the show was going to go we were going to be you know this that or the other and all of a sudden you know we kind of stumbled into the fact that people like to hear real live debt free stories of people who work their way out of debt. And so we have, you know, that's not the only thing we have on our show, but it's a great deal of what we have on our show is featuring guests um, talking about their journey to debt freedom. That's just something that we didn't set out to do, but we kept coming across these stories and people kept saying they loved it and people kept saying they were inspired by it. So we kept doing it. We weren't afraid to say, well, this is what we had in mind at first. We took a pivot. And it's again, that's been another uh, beneficial thing to, to our company. And I would also say another pivot too, because it was his idea of having the show and I'm not the tech savvy type person. Like I don't know how to do any of that. He pretty much carried a lot of it. And so I think he felt the pressure of it. Like, okay, I am sitting up here trying to figure out how to edit this podcast. Um, how to work with it and he probably sees me up sipping tea or something you know <laughs> i'm like well you know how to do that and so i think a little resentment came in at, at that point because he's like, okay i'm doing a lot of this and i'm like okay and i'm also wearing the hat of being a mom you know like there's a lot that goes behind that who does the birthday parties when the kids open up their christmas gifts on christmas that's when he finds out what they're having as well too at the same time so it's like look i might not be like, wow amazing. yeah yeah i might not be editing a podcast but you better believe that i'm over here taking care of business and so we had to have those type of conversations and when you work with your spouse those are real like situations like okay who's doing more who's doing less you know the other one probably looks like they're not really doing a lot but they're doing a lot and so we had those conversations so we said okay how do we alleviate some of the stress so now we hire somebody to edit our show so I don't have to hear him complaining at the computer screen. Oh man, I went so many nights. I want to just throw this computer. Let me tell you all, we bought a new <laughs> Mac computer simply because he was like, I'm tired of this computer. This computer is not working it was right. Awful. It wasn't the computer whatsoever. The it computer was, was fine. User, user error. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think that he was just carrying a lot of that, like, okay, having to edit. So now we hire somebody and you know what? I don't hear it as much anymore. And so it's great, you know, and, and we, that is another pivot too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That was a pivot. That was a huge pivot. But even what you just said in that we, we embrace outsourcing. Yes. At first, probably, I think we're on episode 203 now of our podcast. And I think I did the first like 80 something, you know, as far you as did. editing and producing and all that. And it was just a lot because then by that time, our YouTube channel was taken off. So I had to edit podcasts and I also had to edit YouTube videos. And, you know, everything else yeah, that goes along with right. the blog and everything else. And it was getting overwhelming. But I still like, you know, in your mind, when you're doing these things, you're like, can't nobody do it like I can right. do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so you're like hesitant to, to outsource. I was just going to say, <laughs> good for you for making it 80. How many did yeah. we make yeah. it? But that's how I felt. I was like, man, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, you know, everybody was telling me to use, you know, the website, uh, you know, all these websites where you can find people. That's like, nah, they, they're not going to know how to do it like I do it. But anyway, we got to the point where we put our toe in the water and we had to go through a few people <laughs> to find the right one. 
But when we found the right one, the show got better. It did. I was like, because, you know, that person would send me ideas like, why don't you try this or why don't you try that? And again, being open to pivot and making adjustments, I yeah. said, well, okay, let's give it a shot. Sure. And it got better because as a result. Yeah, it got better. A lot of things got better. Our business grew. When we started to see more progress, it, we were able to now do some of the creative things that we enjoy doing without the having parts to do, that we like. Right. The parts that we <laughs> like doing. And we're having fun and we're having fun together and we're doing it. So, yeah, I would say that that was probably a big pivot. In yeah. Business, marriage, relationship. <laughs> Bring it a little back to conflicts. I like mm -hmm. I would love to know exactly how a conversation would go uh, for you guys. Uh, if you were to have a conflict, are these prolonged discussions? You have to sleep on it. What 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 is the anatomy of do a, a little role play for us? Yeah, right. Oh, that's because it depends on, yeah, it I think depends it varies. on the situation. I think there have been some conversations that had to be multiple conversations we had to sleep on it you know had yeah. to have the uh the silent treatment type thing you know but yeah i think we've had to learn a couple key things i think timing is key when you're trying to have a tough conversation i think you need to come you know because sometimes you have the 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 right conversation at the wrong time you, you get what mm -hmm. i'm saying so it might yeah, be yeah, well, what you're saying might be absolutely right but you're at the point of frustration that when you're saying it, it sounds mm -hmm. awful to the person that you're talking to or you're talking to the person at a time where they're just wore out and they're just not at a good uh, stamina to receive what you're saying in a positive way. So those conversations can mm -hmm. go bad initially. But I think that us being who we are and uh, knowing each other for so long, even when those conversations, those blow ups may happen. We're always willing to come back another time to, to restart the conversation or finish the conversation. But there have been other times where she'll say something and I got it, you know, right away, you know, or vice versa. So I just think there's so many factors in that. But I think no matter if it's a short one time conversation where it's fixed on the spot or if it takes two or three conversations to for the other person to get it, you got to be willing to not give up yeah and you know what and i'm not trying to come off like we're just this perfect couple and we have this perfect marriage Heck no, you know. we have <laughs> conversations we still get in disagreements and things like that but i can tell you that it's a whole lot less a lot now and i think it's because of our own individual growth and we're always learning and always trying to and we to pray get better yeah <laughs> you know that some things we don't even talk about because it's not even worth discussing yeah. you know it's so small where in the beginning of our marriage it used to be a big deal like uh can we sit down and talk right now i want to talk now I want to talk about this now because I want to get it off my chest. And guess who was saying that? It wasn't it me. Was me. It was me. It was me. Yeah. He's the only <laughs> child. He's the only child. So, I mean, Tally, he wouldn't have a conversation. He'd be like, whatever. But I wanted to talk about everything. Now, 10 years later, I'm not talking about everything. It only not, took 10 years, people. It only took no, 10 years. No, it did not. It did not. <laughs> but everything's not worth having a conversation over. I just because do you guys find that like if you know that you need to have a major conversation or a big conversation do you find that it helps to schedule that ahead of time so that you guys can both like make sure you're reasonably well rested or you've eaten so you're not hangry <laughs> or do you no, just you're just like no you just have it yeah, we don't schedule no I, I think like Tyler said we just find when the right time is like if something's you know, bother me and I want to talk to him about it. I don't talk to him about it as soon as he comes home from work. I mean, he's tired. He's probably hungry. So we sit down, we have dinner, we discuss, we talk about our day and things like that. And then Tal and I, we do have like little powwow sessions where we just sit down and we talk after we put the kids in the bed and 
we use that time to talk about if there was something that that needed to be discussed that was bothering us good or bad um but i wouldn't say we schedule nah it's because not, that'll feel like you know like when you uh mm-mmm. like when you got in trouble and your mom said your dad's gonna yeah. get you when you get home when he gets home like <laughs> That's miserable. Like, I don't want to come home. I don't think I want to come home. Exactly. Just wait till your daddy get here. Yeah, that was exactly, exactly. Uh, okay. But I like what you pointed out about like, you know, not doing it like once he's home and he's yeah. worn out or like when you're like before dinner or like right, right before dinner when you're like at your peak hungriness, right? right. <laughs> I mean, you really do need to kind of be in a frame of mind where you're, oh, true. you're, you know, at least, you, you know, you're not completely ragged and you're not on the verge of you know that you do need to kind of be in that frame of mind where you're in a better decision making place and a better place sure. to like listen to the other person and mm-hmm. and be receptive i think that comes with studying your mate you should do that you should take time to observe uh, what makes them tick what makes them happy what frustrates them you know just over time you should be always be observing that and that'll help you develop that timing, you know, yeah. you won't, it won't be perfect. It won't be perfect, but you can get better at it. If you mm-hmm. take the time to study your mate and to study their habits and to study, you know, what moves the needle, you know, in, in their life. So. And then to also adopt, you know, the, the principle of talking about good things. Like, I don't think that you should wait to have a conversation or wait to have, tough wait for disagreement. Yeah. Tough talks when it's disagreements. So we talk about, you know, good things, what I enjoy about him. You know, I like how you're doing this lately. I love how you're taking on this business, you know, venture or whatever it is. So we try to incorporate a lot of that in our marriage. So the negativity won't outweigh the good. How do you incorporate that? Do you, you know, one thing I would probably have to do just me is to set reminders so I can build that habit up. Is, is there, do you have any suggestions for building that positivity attitude up? It comes down to being, again, intentional. So I, I don't do reminders, but I also don't have the greatest memory. So I'll do it when I, I think, think of it. it. You know I what I mean? Too, yeah. if, if we're apart, I'll shoot her a text or if, if yeah. something comes to mind, I'll tell her right then and there. I just think that it's important because it, it has again to do with the climate of your household. Like you can feel like you, you don't want to come home when the climate of the household is bad. You know what I mean? But as men, as husbands, you know, we control a lot of that. We control a lot of that by our attitudes, by our efforts, by our actions. And so if you can, you know, send your wife a text and say, man, I appreciate the way you're taking care of the house. I appreciate, you know, what you're doing as far as keeping us on, on track with our goals and, uh, you're making sure this is happening and that is happening, vice versa. You, you know, she'll shoot me a text and say, I really appreciate, you know, that you get up, you go to work every day, making sure that your family's taken care of. It doesn't it doesn't take like uh, a dissertation. You know what I mean? It can be like a um, I love you smiley face emoticon. You know what I mean? Real, real simple, small things go a long way. And I just think it comes down to being intentional about it, making it a priority. If you're going to if you make your marriage a priority. You won't you won't need that reminder. Just as you think of it, just do it. Just do it. All right. Well, uh, any any last thoughts, resources people can reach out to for resolving conflicts in their relationships? Yeah, we wrote a book, especially around dealing with money conflicts. And it's called Money Talks, the ultimate couple's guide to communicating about money, because we counsel so many people and get the same questions and find that there's the same roadblocks that a lot of people are experiencing when it comes to marriage and money. So we just put it all in a book. Um, it's on our website, hisandhermoney.com. Again, it's called Money Talks, the ultimate couple's guide to communicating about money. It is a very easy read. 
We made it very practical. We took out all the fluff and we got to the nuts and bolts. We tell you in each chapter is a, is a different conversation. At the end, we give you the talking points to have. We take all the mystery out of it. This is what, okay, this is what we covered in this chapter. Now you talk about this with each other and figure out what the answer is to this question. And we have our podcast, the His and Her Money Show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play. We have our YouTube channel, again, where we put out two to three videos a week. Um, if you go to youtube.com slash his and her money, but you can find links to everything that we do at our website, his and her money.com on every social media platform known to man. We are there and our handle everywhere is again at his and her money. Fantastic. Well, thank you both for joining us uh, today for adulting. This is uh, this was um, a great conversation. I'm glad we got to have it. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you for having this us. This was fun on, for us, too, as well. And we hope that we were able to serve your community well. Thank you so much for having us on. And you can find us at adulting.tv on iTunes, adulting.tv slash iTunes. And right now we are having a giveaway available, $100. Uh, so you can find out about that if you go to our site, adulting.tv, and subscribe to our podcast. And we will be back soon. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv.